Welcome to Healthy Perspectives Podcast with Jeremiah, where we provide clinical perspectives on current social and cultural issues. Welcome back. Thank you so much for joining us. Here we go. The FBI raided or searched, depends on how you want to look at it, the home of former President Donald Trump. I'm starting with that because I am going to discuss with you how in the therapy world we would attack this problem. We call them rule outs. In the therapy world, we have this process where we we look at the symptomology that's being presented, whether that's verbally being presented or we've seen it. Depends on what kind of environment we're in, right? In crisis treatment, I've been able to witness, and so then I set up a rule out. In a lot of outpatient therapy, I have not necessarily seen it, but by report, I get the information, and then I set up a rule out. And the rule out essentially means this. We think we might know something, but we don't know we know something. So we're going to say, it looks like, feels like, smells like this possibly, but I'm not sure yet. So I want to pattern it out. I want to look at the evidence more in depth with this as a possibility, but not a certainty at the moment. So if we did a rule out, and this is what we're going to do today, we're going to do the rule out process that I would do in therapy for the FBI raid or search on the Mar-a-Lago home of former President Donald Trump. So the therapeutic view says, what questions do I need to ask? That's where it starts. What questions do I need to ask? If this is a a situation where I'm going to do a rule out, I got to ask certain questions. The question I'm going to start with is what motivated this behavior? In other words, why did the FBI go to the home in Mar-a-Lago? I'm going to also ask what pattern or evidence is present, right? They, they can tell me anything that they want. You know, we, we have the ability to say all kinds of stuff. I can come on this podcast and I could tell you mistruths all day long. Not going to. That's not my way of business. But I could. And you could. You could get on uh, social media and tell everybody that you're this or that and pretend but it's not true. So what pattern or evidence is present? Got to ask that question. What are, the third question is, what are possible desired outcomes? Another legitimate question. Because there's a lot of things that people do because they think they're going to get a certain outcome. That doesn't mean uh, that it's a good and healthy thing to do. But they'll do it anyway. So back to the first question. We're going to tease this out a little bit. What motivated it? There are really, I initially started off thinking there's probably two possibilities here. You know, they, they wanted to take something out of that home or put something in that home. But then I got to thinking there's actually a third possible outcome because as a therapist, I'm really conscientious of the social arena. And the third possible outcome is asserting their power by being present when a, an adult is in the presence of a group of children, think of it like this, the environment shifts. The kids behave differently in the presence of an adult. So if they believe they have perceived power or real power, they could put themselves in a situation for the sole purpose of changing the environment. What pattern or evidence 
is present. So I take a look. I dig down and I go, hmm, could be something to do with the presidential records. That could be a legitimate thing, potentially. And I say that because right now we don't have the evidence. We haven't seen the warrant. We haven't seen the records. Like we know nothing of what they went to supposedly get. So as of the moment, it's all hearsay. Well, in the therapeutic world, hearsay doesn't work very well. We're not going to you know, go off of somebody's reported story and say, okay, well, therefore it is fact. No, we're going to say, all right, that's what they say is the truth. I'm going to verify that over time as I get to know this person, as I figure out what they're really like and how they report on stories, right? Because a person's way of reporting does change things. So then I started to ask some other questions. What are the other patterns that could be present? I take a look back in time and I go, hmm, Hillary Clinton destroys a bunch of evidence, potentially evidence, maybe no wrongdoing. I don't know because we'll never know. She destroyed it uh, or her team did. They literally broke it with hammers based on the FBI report at the time. The search ended. There was no prosecution under 18 USC. And we move along. Hunter Biden links Joe Biden to a bunch of foreign affairs that potentially could lead to corruption. I'm not saying it's fact. I'm just saying the evidence is there. And so the pattern with this that the FBI has is they're slow walking it. Okay, interesting. What that tells me so far in these three situations that really by federal code should be treated nearly identical, right? It says that there is at best some discriminatory practices that lead to this different pattern. I don't know what that means yet, but I'm going to dig into it. So I go to Title 36 of the U.S. Code. So I go to Title 36 of the U.S. Code, which reads um, in Chapter 12, Subchapter E, Part 1270, about archives and the process of archiving. Okay, I'm going, all right, well, like, like, there's some nuanced differences, right? You've got Hillary Clinton wasn't the president. She was running for the presidency, which means there's potentially some things that are going to link there. Um, you've got Hunter Biden and the Joe Biden situation. Well, we've got a president there. So those are records for sure. And then we've got the former president, Donald Trump, and those records. So at least two of the three easily fit into the category. And the other one is, is right there along the right line. 44 USC 2204 is what Title 36, Chapter 12, Subchapter E, Part 1270 points to. So I, I read that, and it talks specifically about presidential records. All right. And then I look for the criminal codes that are associated with it, which took me to 18 USC Part 1, called Crimes, and it's Chapter 101 and 121 that were the most intriguing. Subchapters 2704 and 2713 in Chapter 121 was very intriguing. And essentially, what it said looks like, at least on the outside, that all three of these situations should have been treated almost identically. And they weren't. So I'm left going, why? Right? The rule out, which the process for the mental health world, the rule out process says something's not congruent. 
So I have to ask more questions. I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to sidestep for just a second because in doing this, I came across something. I, I'm just going to throw it out there because you as an audience, you're intelligent people, or at least I'm assuming that. Hopefully I'm right. What I'm going to be <laughs> telling you now is pretty controversial, but I'm pointing to it because it caught my attention and it intrigues me. 18 U.S. Code 90A subcategory 1841 is the subchapter. It's titled Protection of Unborn Children. And I'm, I know I'm totally sidestepping, so hang in there with me. I'll get back on track in a second. But it, it clearly says, and thereby causes the death of or bodily injury to a child who is in utero at the time of the conduct that takes place is guilty of a separate offense under this section. There's a federal code that calls a child in utero a child. I don't know what to do with that in light of the Roe v. Wade stuff, but I'm putting that out there because I know as an informed audience, you might want to just go look it up. 18 U.S. Code subcategory is 1841, protection of unborn children. That may have a really interesting uh, pathway to go. I did not dig deep into it. It caught my attention. I'm giving it to you as a sidebar. Moving on. So my next question, remember, I just asked the question, what's the pattern? What's the evidence that is present? So my next question is, what are the possible desired outcomes? So as I dig into that, I go, all right, we're back to three categories. The FBI wants information that is present. They're going to take something. The FBI wants something that's coming, something that's not there, which means they're going to put something, potentially surveillance, something like that. Or the FBI wants to show power. So I'm going to break those down individually. Again, I'm doing the rule out process that we use as therapists. Present. Trump is guilty or innocent. If there's something there that says he's guilty or innocent, let's make that known. And I say that because we know that secrets, lies, and deceptions are 100% unnecessary. We just don't have to do it. So if secrets, lies, and deceptions are unnecessary, we go on to the next thing. Future information. They are there to put something in place to gather information. That leads me to two possible outcomes. Surveillance or they plant something in the manner that allows them later on to come back and access. That allows them to go where they want later on. I'm not saying either of these happened. I'm simply saying it's a rule out process. It's a question we got to ask. The third one, show of power. Let's break that one down because this is the one that's super interesting to me. First of all, a show of power against a former president, that could have some pretty negative consequences. But let's dig into it. What does that mean? Who wields the power of the FBI? That's a reasonable rule out question. That would be the Department of Justice. Okay, so we follow the pattern. Who controls the Department of Justice? The Attorney General of the United States. Okay, who controls the Attorney General of the United States? Well, the Attorney General of the United States is nominated by a president and appointed by the Senate. Okay, who controls uh, uh, those two things, the president and the Senate? Let's dig into both. We'll start with the president. The president is voted into office by us, the people. 
So if that's the case, then the vote becomes the critical component. We have to have reasonable elections. All right, set that aside, and we go to who controls the Senate. The politicians that were elected control the Senate. So we again end up at votes and the voting process being a critical component, but now we also end up with representatives. When we talk about representatives, we then have to ask the question, who controls the politicians? Now, having spoken with people on both sides of the aisle and being very intrigued by this, the question then becomes, how many politicians are bought? It's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. You know, I definitely can point to several that, you know, don't represent me very well, but whoever is in control of the politicians, that is a question we need to be talking about. Who potentially controls each of these politicians? I even think about it in the sense that within the parties, there is this hierarchy. Does that mean the people that are higher up the hierarchy are controlling the lower downs to a degree that influence is going to matter. Now, yes, they all have a vote and one vote is not technically more powerful than another, but if one at the top can get the others to just be obedient, that is a lot of power. That's what happens when we follow the rule out model in the clinical world. We ask a lot of questions because we need to find out the answers. We don't assume we have all of the answers. My hope is that this was helpful for you and that you can understand not just the clinical stuff, but how it applies in the real world. Ruling things out is not a conspiracy theory process. It's a real practical process that therapists use every single day. And if we apply it appropriately to these environmental issues that we're encountering in our social and cultural arenas, we could probably save ourselves a lot of headaches and assumptions that we know what we're talking about when we don't actually know what we're talking about. I hope this was helpful. Please share this with friends. I just want this to get out there so that people can think for themselves and be more involved and healthy in their involvement. I appreciate you joining me and have a great day.